Are you ready for the word tonight? Come on, you better be ready for the word because you got Pastor Clarissa bringing the word tonight. Come on, you better get ready. Oh my. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, so, so we're still in, I'm going to put my Bible on the ground. It's not sacrilegious, is it? Okay, good. I'm doing it right now. Forgive us, Lord. Um, are we going to put up the timeline? I don't know. I wasn't. Good. Awesome. So um, if you've been here, if you haven't, um, we've gone through this. I think we started in like February or something crazy um, from the, <laughs> crazy, from Abraham all the way through the rest of the Old Testament. Now we're into the Gospels. Uh, Pastor Philip preached about or spoke about, taught about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and then John the Baptist last week was amazing. Who was here last week? That was so amazing. Ooh. And so this week, we're going to be here for about 12 hours because I'm going to be talking about Peter and Andrew. Okay, so Pastor Philip emailed me last Wednesday, and it was just a short, sweet, to the point, that's how he is, you know, email, and it just said, I need you to preach next Wednesday, Peter and Andrew, start with this, you know, and I just, I was like, what? And so I saw him later, and I said, hey, coach, um, you're not going to be here next week? He's like, oh, no, I'll be here, but, you know, and he told me what was going on. And I said, oh, okay. And I was, to be honest, I was a little like, what in the world? How do you put Peter and Andrew together? Because we could have a Peter conference. We could stay here all night and talk about Peter, right? Uh, am, I, am I right? Oh, my. So I feel better that y'all agree with me. But we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about Peter and Andrew, all right? And we're going to begin at the beginning. So if you have your Bible, open it up to John 1, 35. We'll read to verse 42. If you, if you have your Bible app, go there. If you don't, the, the verse will be up here. Let's pray real quick. Um, because I just, mm, I'm excited. There's something to this message that's, yeah. And I feel the weight of it. And I feel like if it's even for just me, it's good enough. But I, I feel like there's more to it than that. I feel like it's for someone um, and so I just want to pray before we start. Let's do that. Father, I thank you so much. You're so good. You use donkeys and, and just anyone who's available because you just want to speak to your people so much. And so, God, I just say speak to your people tonight through me. As you teach us, God, just if I say something wrong, just, just erase it from their memory because you want to speak something tonight. And I'm excited about it. In Jesus' name, amen. John 1, 35 through 42. The following day, John, John the Baptist, was again standing with, the two, with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Makes sense. Jesus looked around and saw them following and said, what do you want? They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, looking intently at Simon. Can you see it? Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. So what can we real quick just get from, from just these seven verses? Number one, Andrew is a seeker. He's a seeker, obviously, He's hanging out with John the Baptist. And if you were here last week, you understand what that means. Not just everybody was hanging out with John the Baptist. He was saying things people didn't like. He was doing crazy things. So Andrew was looking for the kingdom. He was looking for the Messiah. We can see that right off the bat. We see here Jesus inviting Andrew and the other disciple of John the Baptist in to where he was staying. And they stay with him the rest of the day. 
What a beautiful thing to think about. Do you ever just read your Bible and stop at moments like that? What happened? From 4 p.m. until the rest of the day, whatever, whatever that meant, about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, Jesus and these guys just hanging out. Did they drink tea? Did they drink water? Did Jesus serve them something? Did he tell them some stuff that, that intrigued them? What happened? We don't know. But it was something. Because Andrew says, I got to go get my brother. He needs to meet this guy, right? So Andrew brings Simon to meet Jesus. And Jesus looks right at Simon. And he immediately prophesies to him about his future. Now think about that. I'm meeting you for the very first time, and you say, Clarissa, you will. A what? What are you talking about? You're going to change my name? I don't even know you. What are we talking about? But right off the bat, Jesus doesn't mess around. He does just cuts right to it. Hey, this is who you are, but this is who you're going to be. Right now, you're Simon. He has heard. But you will be Peter, the rock. You will go from hearing about the kingdom that's coming to building the kingdom. In one moment, this is what Jesus does for him. If I could sit and have a conversation with Andrew and Peter and I ask them about themselves, they might tell me that they are brothers, that they're from Bethsaida, that their dad's name was Jonah or Jonas or John, however you want to pronounce it. They might tell me that Peter was married and that Jesus healed his mother-in-law when she was sick. They might tell me that Andrew was the little brother and Peter was the big brother. They might tell me that they were fishermen and they had been fishing since they could breathe because their family owned a fishing business. They might. They might even tell me that they both died a martyr's death spreading the gospel all over the world. They might. But the more I studied and the more I looked, I thought, man, if I could sit down with Peter and Andrew, I don't think they would talk a lot about themselves. I think they would talk to me about Jesus. I think they'd talk to me about Jesus. I mean, no doubt, I can learn from them. They're human like me. They have doubts. They have feelings, all of these things. Surely they could tell me some things that would be helpful. But I just don't think they would talk a lot about themselves. So tonight we're just going to talk about three things we can learn about Jesus from Peter and Andrew. Three things we can learn about Jesus from Peter and Andrew. And the first one is this. Jesus wants to have conversations with us. Come on. That's good. That's good news. Now, we always, we're supposed to pray and all of this stuff. But, but do you realize that prayer is just a conversation? If you're doing it right. Because conversation requires this. Not just this. Right? So we use that word a lot, but I wanted to define it. So the definition of conversation, an informal talk involving two people or a small group of people, a heart-to-heart. -heart. Oh, that's good. A dialogue. Come on, Jesus wants to dialogue with me. Why would he ever want to do that? I don't know. But he wants to. He wants to. So there's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about with Peter, but let's get to Andrew real quick. I want to look at two conversations Andrew had with Jesus. John 6, 4 through 10. John 6, 4 through 10. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, enter Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? And then Jesus said, have the people sit down. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I think Andrew would tell us that conversations with Jesus will stretch our faith. <laughs> I think Andrew would tell us that conversations with Jesus would stretch our faith. I mean, in all of the writings I found on Andrew, everybody said he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. And, and, and here we have this man of faith, and Jesus says this to him. And well, what is he thinking in this moment? But did you hear me, Jesus? 
I said, five loaves and two. Do you see the people? Have the people sit down. I just love to think I have the people. What? You know, what are we talking, huh? Did you hear me? Conversations with Jesus will stretch our faith. I remember when I used to just pray, Lord, oh, give us a house so we can have people over and, and we can have Thanksgiving at our house and some of these military families can come. And, and this was years, years back now, and I would just pray and pray. And <laughs> I would pray a lot. And then finally, I, I heard Jesus say, just invite everybody over for Thanksgiving. And I was like, but I told you, Jesus, I mean, just in case, I'll run it back. I've got a 1,400-square-foot house. We don't have any parking. We don't just invite everybody over for Thanksgiving. Okay. Oh, it was the best Thanksgiving. We were walking all over each other. There was no room in the inn. But it was amazing. I remember when we were thinking about getting exchange students because Destiny just threw that gauntlet down, and there was something that we felt attached to about that. And again... Well, when we get the bigger house, we'll have an exchange student, and we'll fill out the paperwork. But he's going to have to sleep in Eddie's room, and I don't know if we're going to, and he might not like our house, and fill out the paperwork. Oh, man, it was so much fun. It was quite an experience. Do you know Michael? No, anyway, just kidding. I digress. I digress. Oh, Lord. Anyway, it was awesome. It was awesome. But I can tell you something, my faith was stretched after having that conversation with Jesus. That's what happens. Conversation number two, John 12, 20 through 25. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, Philip and Andrew always together, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, sir, we want to meet Jesus. Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lies. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Okay, that sounds good, right? But I'm Andrew. <laughs> Jesus, I just said there's some Greeks who want to, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like we, we read it because we know the end from the beginning, but, but they're living it out in the moment. What are you talking about, Jesus? A kernel of wheat. We said Greeks, Greeks, not wheat, Greeks, Jesus. I know you're tired. I know we've been walking all over the the world, but what? I think Andrew would tell us that conversations with Jesus will stretch our understanding. They're going to stretch our understanding. See, what Jesus understood in that moment was this was just the beginning of the Gentiles coming to him. He knew that when he died, they would be grafted into the family of God. He knew he was that kernel of wheat. And of course, he also knew that Andrew was going to be the apostle to the Greeks. How cool is that? And he also knew that Andrew was going to be a kernel of wheat. Andrew didn't know that. But I'm sure in hindsight, he thought, oh. I bet when he was sitting in Greece and he was ministering to people and spreading the gospel, he was like, now I get it. Now I get it. Sometimes we don't get it. And see, we live in this digital, give it to me quick age, right? We don't have to wrestle with the scriptures anymore. We go to Bible Hub and we go, doo -doo 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 -doo, give me every commentary, everything you ever said. We, we miss this special thing Jesus wants to do with us. He drops this little bit of knowledge. And then we go, what? And then when you talk to him again, he gives you just a little more. And you go, Okay, okay, now we're trekking, and then, he, and then he gives you a little bit more, and you have, to, you have to really conversate with him. That's what he wants. Our conversations with Jesus will stretch our understanding. I, I recently had this happen to me. I was praying for someone, 
And I was just like, Lord, please help her. Please touch her. Please show her the error of her ways. And I hear, but I say, love your enemies. What? Well, she's not my enemy because, I mean, I'm praying for her right now. Like, what do you, you, huh? Right? I just wrestle with that. What are you talking about? Why do I keep hearing that? I don't want to, she's not my enemy. And and this is, and and I had to write this down. Jesus says, but yeah, you don't understand that I'd rather you love her than pray for her. If you don't love her, then you're praying a religious, empty prayer. Yeah. Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, help us. Our conversations with Jesus will blow our minds. Right? Jesus had many conversations with Andrew and Peter especially Peter, over the three years that they were together. Some were recorded for us, some were not. Jesus wants to talk to us. That's good news. But let me tell you, he doesn't just want to talk to us for the sake of talking to us, though he will do that. His conversations with us are all about leading us toward transformation. Always. Always. Well, see, when someone says, I have a good prayer life, but for some reason I just can't let go. Well, you're not really having a good prayer life because a prayer life is a conversation. And your conversation's leading you toward transformation. Because what would be the good of Jesus talking to you if he left you like you are? What would be the point? We're going to pick up on a day soon after their first encounter with Jesus. It, it took me a while to hunt all this down in, chrono- in order. But Matthew 4, 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Let's hear it in the message. Walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. Jesus said to them, come with me. I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed him. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. I wonder what they were thinking. I mean, obviously they were down because they dropped their nets. But when I see them, and, and you know, bear with me, I always see me and my sister, Shell. Anybody know Shell in here? I'm Peter. Uh, no, I'm kidding. And she's Andrew, because she's the little sister. So that's why, you know, that's the only reason. And we're always down for Jesus. We're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. But we love to joke about things, too. Is that okay? Yeah, I think so. And so I just pictured us in this scenario, and, and one of us cracking a joke, because it's, and it's always inappropriate, and sometimes it's totally corny. But, but I could hear me saying, Oh, we're going to need some bigger nets. <laughs> yeah, man. And we're just going to go like walking. Why I do that voice when I, I mean, talking about myself, but I did that anyway. I know. That's weird. We're going to need some bigger nets. I mean, we would just be joking, but we'd be like following, frolicking, excited, right? I wonder if they understood what Jesus was saying. You used to be a fisherman, but this is going to be new. This is going to be different. Fish don't talk back. Fish don't throw stones at you. Fish can't break your heart. Fish don't cheat on you. Fish don't curse you out. Oh, but people? These men I'm sending you out to catch, they talk back. They throw stones. They break your heart. They lie to your face. They curse you. You don't need a net. You need to be new if you're going to do what I'm calling you to do. I wonder if they understood. One letter makes all the difference, right? N-E-T, net, N-E-W, new. Your net is familiar. Your net is reliable. Your net is fixable. Your net is predictable. It's that old habit. It's that way of thinking. 
yeah, I'm used to handling it that way. Yeah, it's that way you react all the time. It's that relationship, that old familiar net. And here's the truth. Not, not one single one of us can transform until we drop our nets. We can't transform until we drop our nets. We can't follow Jesus dragging all that old stuff behind us. We can't do it. We'll wonder why our lives aren't fruitful. Why am I not making the progress? I, want to, I wonder why. Because your net's picking up all kinds of stuff behind you. You're dragging all kinds of trash with you. Drop that net so you can be transformed. Jesus was going to make them new so they could be who they needed to be and do what he was calling them to do. In order to be transformed, they had to follow Jesus. And I'm not talking about Facebook friend follow. I mean follow. They went where he went. They did what he did. They ate what he ate. They slept where he slept. They said what he said. They followed Jesus. They had to learn a completely new way of thinking. Think about it. A completely new way of being. A completely new way of doing. And Jesus was the only one who could show them the way. Because he was the way. Right? And all along the way, they made some good memories. I mean, Peter gets to see Jesus transformed on the top of a mountain. He sees Moses and Elijah. Peter walks on water. They get to feed 4,000 men and women and children, so more than that, 5,000 men and women. They get to do all of these amazing things with Jesus. They made some good memories, and they made some big mistakes. And they and Jesus kept having conversations anyway, and he kept challenging them. And he kept correcting them, and he kept redirecting them. I mean, I'm sure Andrew made some mistakes, but we don't have his plane on the page like we do have Peter's. So we're going to talk about some of Peter's mistakes. Jesus and Peter had some serious conversations. He got some things right, but he also got some things wrong. And just when it would look like Peter finally got it, you know, like the transformation was taking place, he would open up his mouth and put both feet in. Both at the same time. They're dirty. No, I don't know. That's, that's like a, Jesus wants to have conversations with us, sure. Jesus wants to transform us. Absolutely make no mistake. But that's not all Peter and Andrew's interactions with Jesus teach us. The third thing that their relationships with Jesus teach us is that Jesus bears with us. Jesus bears with us. Come on, that's good news. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one who keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Jesus bears with us. Back in the, the King James Version in, in Exodus, it describes God as Jehovah, who is his loving and his long-suffering. Yeah, that's Jesus. He's long-suffering. Definition of long-suffering, he's super patient. Like, we throw that word patience around like it's, like it's 10 cents. But this is a different kind of patience. This is a patience we don't even understand. This is how patient Jesus is with us. And he knows that even after following him for years, we are still going to blow it big. Just like Peter. All four Gospels tell this story. All four. I wonder if Peter's in heaven saying, guys, really? Did all four of you have to put it in there? Like, does everybody in the whole world have to know that I did this? Come on. I mean, he's probably not worried about that now, but I would be like, come on, guys. I mean, Mark, you weren't even with Luke? Come on. Why'd y'all have to put it in there? What's the significant? No, I'm kidding, because it's very significant. And this is how significant it is. And, and oh, I, I wish I could tell you everything Peter did and, and didn't do and all this. But read, read the Bible. Okay, that's a good place to, to look for things. Uh, but there's only 11 stories that are in all four Gospels. And that's pretty significant. And this is one. Mm, here we go. 
So you know, some of you already know the story. So Peter, Jesus, uh, they take him out of the garden. He's before the, the officials, and he's going to be crucified very soon. And Peter denies two times that he knows Jesus. And then his third and final denial, we're going to look at it from Mark, looks like this. Mark 14, 71 and 72. Just, just hear the gravity of all of this. Peter swore, a curse on me if I'm lying. But you are lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. Ooh, a curse on me. But you are lying. You know him. Strong words. Scary words. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. And in one gospel, it says that at that moment, him and Jesus locked eyes. Come on. Even after that. Even after that, Jesus doesn't give up on Peter. He lovingly redirected him, and he got him back on track. Crazy. Jesus was lovingly patient with Peter through his transformation, and he will be the same way with us. Let's read 1 Peter 2.24. This is Peter talking, and he knows what he's talking about. He says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. He bore our sins on his back so that, so that, not for no reason, that's transformation so that you can live this new life. This was personal for Peter. Peter understood this to be absolutely true. He was not just quoting the prophet Isaiah. He knew this was true. And somehow, and this is the craziest, scariest lie of them all. Somehow we have bought the lie that Jesus won't bear with us after he bore all our sins. Oh, so he's going to die for us and he's going to dump us. No. No. All along the way, he's going to be talking to you. And believe it, you're going to be transforming. You're going to look back and say, I don't even know who I am. How did I get over here? Because you're going to be reading his word. And you're going to be being in his presence. And you're going to be putting into action. But along the way, Jesus is going to bear with you. And I talk to so many people who leave church because they say, I should, got, should have gotten this by now. I can't still be doing the same thing. I still can't be watching the same movie. I still can't be. Listen, don't give up on Jesus. He's not giving up on you. He's going to bear with you. He's going to bear with you. Quick question, just a show of hands. No, you don't have to do that. Have you sat down and eaten and hung out with Jesus in the flesh for three years? Anybody? Seen him in his glory? Anybody? Walked on water with him? Mm. And then denied him three times? Anybody? Nobody. Nobody. That's a lie that Jesus won't bear with you through your transformation. He has invested his whole life into you. He's not giving up on his investment. He's not giving up on his investment. You don't have to wear a mask of perfection. This is what we do sometimes. Well, I've been working with the Lord for 20 years, so people can't know I still have this issue, so I'm just going to act like I don't have it. What? And then we live miserable lives. And then we're up and then we're down. And then we're all around. Why? Because we never let Jesus do the work he was trying to do. 
Mm. My Lord. Or we get caught up in trying to work our way into God's good graces. Am I good enough now, Jesus? Am I good enough now, Jesus? I served on Sunday. I served on Wednesday. I was at the back school drive. Am I good enough now? What? We'll get exhausted. We'll wear ourselves out. No, no, no. He's going to bear with you. He's going to hang in there. He's better than your best friend. He's better than your brother. Ask Peter. Ask Andrew. They know. After Jesus was crucified, he rose again, and then he made several appearances to the disciples. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians. He said he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. He was seen by Peter. I mean, didn't we just see Peter saying a curse upon me? If I'm lying, didn't he just say that? But Jesus raises from the dead and he goes and visits Peter. Ooh, what happened? We don't know. We don't know. But this is further proof (laughs) that Jesus will bear with us. My God. But we do have one more conversation between Peter and Jesus, and we're going to close with this, that will give us some insight into just how lovingly super patient Jesus is. We find Peter and six of the other disciples fishing on the Sea of Tiberias after Jesus is resurrected. And the Bible says that Peter initiated the fishing trip, okay? And I wonder what led him to pick up his net again. I don't know, I don't know. Was it the fact that he hadn't seen Jesus in a few days? Maybe. Maybe he couldn't forgive himself for what he did. I don't know. Or maybe just because they were familiar and they were safe and he could control them. Let's look at the last heart-to-heart that we see Jesus and Peter having in the scriptures. And then, Pastor Philip, um, I'm going to ask you to come up. when I really feel like you need to pray for us. But... Um, Is that okay? Good. John 21, 15 through 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Here he goes prophesying again. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Same call to action as the beach of Galilee. Put down these nets and follow me. What Peter doesn't know is Jesus isn't done transforming him. He will be with him even until the end of the age. He will be with him when he preaches a sermon at Pentecost and 3,000 are added to their number. It's really just the beginning of him and Jesus. But unfortunately, that's not the end of their breakfast conversation. John 21, 20 through 22 Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, oh, get your eyes on Jesus, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Peter. Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Talk about unbearable. I appear to you before I appear to the other disciples. I I, I cook you breakfast. 
I restore you. You deny me three times, I restore you three times. I mean, I'm, I'm prophesying over your life. I'm telling you, I know the end from the beginning. We're having this great conversation. And here you go again, Peter. What? I'm so glad that Jesus isn't me. Because Clarissa, if I had locked eyes with him in the courtyard, I would have been like, right? You're officially, we're done. I will get someone else to be the rock. I mean, what are we talking? I'm glad Jesus isn't you because you would do the same thing. Come on. If I heard my daughter say, I'm a curse on me, I would be like, oh, real, a curse is upon you. I mean, we going down, it's going down. Let's keep it real. This is how amazing Jesus is. This is how much he loves us. That even after a time again and again and again and again, he just hangs in there because he knows the end from the beginning. And he knows we're human. And he knows our transformation is going to be a lifetime work. Not a two-year work, not a 20-year, no, a lifetime where he knows that. But do we know that? Because we always try to get out of this thing early. We don't want to bear with Jesus. Here he has created us, made us completely new, put us into his family. We're going to be with him for eternity. And if he doesn't do something in our timing, we go, how is that? The king of the universe will bear with me through all of my junk, but I won't bear with him because I don't like his timetable. What is that? Oh, my God. My, my, my. Me and Jesus have this conversation all the time. It's not, do you love me? It's always, am I enough? And I always say, yes, Jesus. If there's no Dale, am I enough? Oh, God. Yes, Jesus. If you lose this house and this car and your title and, and everything you have, am I enough? Yes, Jesus, you know you're enough. And then just like Peter, we have that beautiful moment. And I go, but what about her? But what about him? What about them? And he says the same thing he said to Peter. He says, follow me. Me, Clarissa. Me. And he's still speaking it to each and every one of us. Come follow me and I will make you. We're going to talk. We're going to walk. Some things are going to come off of you. You're going to look a little different every year. But bear with me. I'm going to bear with you. You can believe it. And Pastor Philip, would you just come and lead us in, in, in a prayer or whatever you would like to do? So good. Mm. Wow, what a word. Whew, man, what a powerful word. And why don't we, why don't we stand right now? you look at me just for a moment before we pray if you if you want to be a kingdom builder you have to be okay with the blunders if you want to build the kingdom, you, you have to be okay with the blunders because it's the only way you build the kingdom. You never build anything worthwhile without making big mistakes. That's what, that's what it teaches us. And so if we say, God, I want to be used by you, we're also signing up to say, God, I'm going to make some really big mistakes, but I'm okay with that because you bear with me. You bear with me. And some of us think we're signing up for a life of perfection and a life of beauty, but, but the reality is, is you're signing up to be a kingdom builder, which means you're really signing up and you're going to make some blunders. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. You have to, you have to know. 
what Pastor Clarissa was preaching tonight, it's really true. Jesus bears with you through all of your dumb comments and through all of your insecurity and through all your things that that Jesus is going to bear with you through the entire journey because he's called you to be a kingdom builder and he knows with that calling comes big blunders but he says I'm going to bear with you through it all so that we can build the kingdom together so are you are you willing to say God make me that man make me the man that will build your kingdom and I'll accept the blunders with it because I know No matter what I say and no matter what I do and no matter where I go, I know you're going to bear with me the whole time. And because I have that promise and I have that guarantee and it's proven in your scripture that you're going to walk with me and you're going to forgive me and you're going to help me and you're going to always be there for me because that is what I know to be true, I'll say, yes, God, I want to be a kingdom builder, but I know that blunders are coming. And that's if you are going to be Simon Peter, but, but what about Andrew? You going to sign up to be Andrew? I mean, Pastor Clarissa said it tonight. How, we all know stories about Peter walking on water, even the, even the mistakes, saying things he shouldn't say. You, you, know, you know who he is. The rock preaching in Acts chapter 2 when they come down from the upper room. I mean, we will say that Peter is famous, you know. He's one of the celebrity of the 12. But Andrew? Come on, now, wait a minute. Andrew was the one that brought Peter to Jesus. So you say, I'm I'm ready to sign up to be Andrew. That means you're signing up just to make connections and watch other people have all the success. Andrew wasn't up on the Mount of Transfiguration seeing Jesus glorified Elijah and, 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 and Moses there. Well, that wasn't Andrew. No, Peter got to experience that, not him. Peter was the one that walked on water. Andrew was still in the boat. Peter is the one that was included in the three that were closest to Jesus. So you say, I, yes, God, I, I want to I be that Andrew. I want to be that, that seeker that... that, that that she so brilliantly pointed out tonight that that he was seeking after the kingdom. Sometimes whenever you seek after the kingdom, you realize that, no, my job is to always be in the second seat and I'm pushing other people to the front so that they can walk into their destiny and they can walk into their purpose. And now Simon Peter's being preached all over the world, but you haven't probably heard too many messages on Andrew. But if there was no Andrew, you would never hear about Peter. So when you say, yeah, God, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sign up for that adventure of Peter. I'm, I'm willing to sign up for blunders. And when you say, I'm willing to sign up to be Andrew, God, I'm, I'm willing to sign up for that. Then, then you're, you're, you're signing up to be, to be overlooked, to push other people into the spotlight and to push other people to the forefront, to push other people into, into their destiny. You realize my destiny is just to push you into the spotlight. My destiny is just to hold your arms up. My destiny is just to create a pathway for you. My, my destiny is just to make sure that you get to where you need to go because when you get to where you need to go, you're going to change the world and you're going to preach to nations and you're going to build churches. You're going to do all these things. And my job is just to introduce you and just to connect you. And then one day I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to look around and all these things are going to happen just because I made a connection and I had a conversation and I did this and I did that. And nobody might ever know my story, but that's okay. I'm Andrew and I'm comfortable with that. I want you to bow your heads right now. Because here's the reality. Whenever you start this journey and you just say yes to following Jesus, you don't know if you're going to be Andrew or if you're going to be Peter. And when Jesus comes walking by you and he says, come on, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. Don't just believe I am who I say I am. I want you to follow me. you drop those nets, what you're saying is, Jesus, whatever you have for me, I'm all in. And if it's the life of Andrew, 
watching other people preach the messages, watching other people sing the songs, watching other people do what they were created to do, watching other people plant the churches, watching other people join the church staff, watching other people do it. And all I'm doing is I'm just bringing people to church. I didn't know the person I brought to church was going to be the person that plants a church in Asia. I didn't know that person that I brought to church was going to be the person that starts leading in our singing. I didn't know the person that I brought to church. I, I, just, I just brought them to church. I I just shared Jesus with them. And I, I'm okay with just being Andrew. Whenever you sign up to follow Jesus, you have to be okay with whatever your role might be. And it might be just being an Andrew, pushing other people into the spotlight and cheering them on the whole way. Pastor Clarissa said that Andrew and all of her research was known as the man of faith. Come on, you can't be a man of faith when you got bitterness in you. Can't be a man of faith when you feel like you got cheated. Can't be a man of faith. No, no, no. Andrew was a cheerleader. He, he was able to keep his faith because he was content with his role. He was content with his position. And he said, Peter, you can walk on the water. Peter, you can go up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, you can be the one that's close to Jesus. You can be the one that he always wants to pray with. You can be the one that he shares the secret to the kingdom with. You can be the one that he says, no, you didn't get that from any man. You got that from the Father in heaven. You, you can be that one, Peter. That's okay. I'm content in my position that I brought you to him so that you could step into your destiny. I'm content with that. Or maybe tonight you say, yeah, I want to follow God. I want to follow Jesus. And you're going to take in that role of Simon Peter. You're going to build the kingdom of God. You're going to be a pioneer. going to be an evangelist. You're going to be an apostle. You're going to be one that reaches out into the community. and You're going to do great things and you just say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. Okay. Okay. Well, you're going to make some big blunders and a lot of people are going to know about them. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Peter cried more tears than Andrew cried. Peter had a lot more to overcome than Andrew probably did. He said, that's okay. I want to be a kingdom builder. If I'm going to be a kingdom builder, I'm going to make big blunders, but that's okay because Jesus bears with me through it all. Come on right now if you say, if I'm Andrew, I'm Andrew. If I'm Peter, I'm Peter. But whatever it is, God, I'm following after you. Come on, if that's you, just lift your hand tonight. Say, God, that whatever that means, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like, if I never step into the spotlight, God, that's cool. If I'm the one in the background just praying and praying and praying, God, that's cool with me. God, if I'm the one that you're going to just used to make the connections, God, if I'm the one that's just going to be the resource, God, and, and, and put the funds together, God, so that we can begin to do this kingdom work. If I'm that one, God, let it be that one. If I'm just that, that role player, if that's me, God, then I'm, I'm, I'm all good with that. God, if you need me to plant the church, if you need me to start the small group, if you need me to step out, if you need me to lead a serve team, God, if you need me, God, if you need me to do one of those things, God, I'll, I'll do that too, God. I'll, I'll go and I realize if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make some big mistakes, but I'm okay with those mistakes tonight because I know that you're going to bear with me through it all. You're going to bear with me through my ego. You'll bear with me through my pride. You'll bear with me through my insecurity. You'll bear with me through everything that I go through. God, you'll always be there and so my hand is raised saying, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. No matter what it means, I'm with you, Jesus. Call me Andrew or call me Simon Peter. It doesn't matter. I'm with you, Jesus. 
for your kingdom and for your glory. I'll be the connector, I'll be the rock. It doesn't matter to me because I'm with you, Jesus. You tell me where to fit, I'm gonna fit right there. moment of prayer right now. I just feel I, I feel this is a holy moment. I feel like it's a sacred moment right now for, for many of you in this room. And come on, I want you to have a conversation. I want you to have a conversation with Jesus right now. I want you just to have that conversation and just, just to lay it out there and say, God, it, it, it doesn't matter. God, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Whatever that looks like, whatever that... Whatever that means, I, I'm with you. I'm okay, God. I'm okay with being Andrew. I'm okay with being Simon Peter. God, whatever that whatever that means, God, if that means I got to step out and make mistakes, God, I'll make those mistakes for your glory. I'll make those mistakes for your kingdom. I'll make those mistakes because, Jesus, I know you're going to bear with me through it all. God, if I'm just here to, to, to be a part, I'm just here to serve. I'm here to make the connection. I'm, I'm here to do, God, whatever that looks like, whatever that means, God, that's what I'm in. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. say follow me we say yes we will we will follow you Jesus we will follow you Jesus now father I pray for each and every one God I thank you that tonight is a significant night God some lives in this room got a night of feeling the weight of following you Feeling that responsibility. Feeling, feeling a little bit of that commitment. To drop the nets, to drop the familiar, to drop the predictable, to drop the dependable. Begin to move with you into a faith journey. for wherever you would lead us and whatever purpose you would have for us. We simply say yes to you, Jesus. We will follow you and we will fulfill the purpose that you have on our life. We simply say yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise tonight. Come on, I'm glad I came to church tonight. Pastor Clarissa had a...